Grain to Glass. This show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And this is the best beer show on the internet. You're not damn right. And we're working on our NPR voices today. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Casey's in Pitchfork hat phase. Pitchfork brewing from Hudson, Wisconsin. You were in... You can't see it because we're not on video this time, but you were on NASA hat for almost the whole summer. Oh, yeah. Well, no, so this, this, <laughs> is, this, is, this is my I don't give a fuck hat, and I throw it on when I'm just like, okay, this is the hat that I grab. I also wear this hat a lot when I'm brewing um, because it's a worn-out hat, and it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I bought new hats. <laughs> They're going to be fun this winter. Tell you what. Well, you're you're usually going to cap mode though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Dirty no, but I bu- I bought a new hat for Puerto Rico. Oh, is uh, it a straw hat? It sure is. <laughs> 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 Cannot wait. To see and that. I bought a new camping hat for Madeline. Oh, nice. Because I buy hats for things. Can you like fit unnecessary like shotgun shells or like a pack of cigarettes, even though you don't smoke into the band of the hat? Sure can. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And like it has little snaps so the sides of the brim can go up. It's pretty soon you're from Australia, mate. Yep, I'll be throwing shrimp on the bobby. But I'll just go straight into New Zealand. I don't really know why. (laughs) Anyway, some ad reads. Oh, yeah, ads. The American Homebrewers Association does a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the furrow link at the bottom of our homepage and join today. I'd also like to give a shout-out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patron, Andy Thompson. Uh, if you'd like to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com and become a patron today. And if you're going to do any Amazon shopping... Head over to blindnerdstudios.com, click on the Amazon link above your homepage, uh, and then do your Amazon shopping as normal. We get a bit of a kickback from Amazon, and it really helps us out. Thank you. All right, Brian. Yes. What have you been up to beer-related lately? Uh, we talked last episode about multiple strains running around the brewery, uh, and we usually have uh, Chico, so USO5, mm-hmm. and Weinstefaner Lager. Lager yeast. So and Jaeger yeast. Yes, yes, indeed. And uh, we have definitely uh, brought other strains into the brewery. That is no problem. Um, We'll get to it in a second. We have not ever brought Britannomyces into the brewery and do not plan to, uh, at least for the time being. Um, But that said, what we did is to make a dark Saison. So we brought a Saison yeast and the, the number, I cannot honestly remember the number. Um, if there are any female listeners out there, uh, or any folks who have, uh, the, the female, uh, the, uh, friends of the female persuasion that, um, are into, uh, brewing, uh, we are, our, our female brewer has her own series called brew like a girl. And she pulls all the gals from the brewery and gals from around, uh, to do an all female brew. We're going to be canning that. So I'm pretty oh, awesome. excited. Um, but Damn the sulfur in that uh, uh, saison. You, you got some eggs going on in the it brewery. Was, it took. I can't, I can't even remember how long it took for that to clean up, but it it took quite a while for it to clean up, and it is barely barely perceptible now. Um, you know, to the point where if you just tossed a soft 
like breath onto the top of the uh, pint that it it, whew, it float away. Okay. Um, but we'll we've got it down. We're gonna wait a couple more days, and, and uh, it, it it changed drastically uh, in only a few days, but it was uh, quite sulfury for quite a while. Uh, but now it's got a really, you know, um, sort of well-rounded set of flavors to it. Uh, um, you know, clove, banana, a little bit of bubble gum, almost. Um, so yeah, just very very classic um, saisony. Um, Nice. Flavor and aroma. That sounds delicious. Yes. What about you? Uh, okay. So me, um, so it's not really a, well, so it is. So my brother uh, and his uh, soon-to-be wife are in Ecuador right now. Um, and, Ecuador. Yes. Uh, and la- this this past week, they I got a message from uh, my soon-to-be sister-in-law. And I'm pretty sure she was quite kersnickered. Mm-hmm. Um, they were at a brew pub uh, called Shaman Cerveza Artesanal. Okay. Um, and like they're like, well, we're famous now because you know they're on the they're on the Instagram thing and doing their thing. But they're also doing work for me. They're like, hey, you should get this guy on the show. So now they're bringing back uh, some. They're bringing a guy back? Well, I know, right? Yeah. So so they're bringing back some beer, hopefully, Mm -hmm. unless they drink it all, which I'm not. Bastards. Yeah, well, yeah, they're in keto right now. I don't know how long. I don't know how long that's going to last. Are they eating a lot of quee down there? I don't know. Ask them if they're eating any quee. <laughs> I will after the show. Uh, no, but so I, I was honestly uh, just kind of very curious to see what the Latin American beer scene kind of looked like. And you know a little bit about. I that. do, yes. Uh, where, where was that brewery that you were with? Uh, I helped uh, in Guatemala? work on a brewery in Antigua. Antigua, Antigua okay. Guatemala. Uh, called uh, uh, Antigua Cerveza, if you're looking it up. It is the bigger one, not the little brew pub. Or whatever it is, they basically had like a Mister Beer kit at this other one, but the one I worked for was a legit fifteen barrel brew house. So, oh nice. Uh, and for the record, Qui is um, guinea pig. Oh okay. <laughs> I was like, it sounds I tastes like know. chicken. <laughs> it's it's a staple. Like isn't it, it? it is actually yeah, guinea pig's a big deal. Yeah, no, so I was so uh, they uh, she also sent me the the beer list. Um, and I'll, here, I'll, I'll pass that over to you uh, if you want to take a look. Um, Conjuro. Yeah, if you swipe too far, you're going to see Belgian waffles. It's a whole thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Elixir, Presagio, Enigma. Yeah, uh, but those are cool names. Yeah, I, the, mo- the thing that excited me most is there was not one fucking hazy beer on that menu. Yeah. Uh, Eventually, that'll go away. Oh. So, I hope. So, right now, they're still making good beer, guys. <laughs> <laughs> or at, least, at least beer that us jaded, you know. Yeah. You yeah. Know but, no. Uh, so, I guess I I'm I sent an email to to him. And so, we might at some point have a Ecuadorian call into the podcast. So, we'll see how that goes. That'd be cool. Yeah, it would be. We've, we've done it on um, other... Yeah, we have yeah. Uh, stuff in, in yep. Blind Ninja Studios. Yep. So. Uh, the, yeah, the only problem is we might need a translator, and that would be an issue. Uh, Jolatengo, I have somebody who could help us okay. with that, actually. Perfect. Yeah. So we'll talk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I've been up to, is trying to figure out Latin American beer. <laughs> All right, should we dive into some yeasty beasties? 
Mr. Beeping Computer. Man, I'm sorry. I I turned. I, I don't know how to turn it off on the freaking iPad. So it's that's fine. I'll figure it out. No, it's fine. You don't bring beer. You make noises. It's a whole thing. Your best co-host. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know, I, 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 I do what I can. And I appreciate it. Well, you better. <laughs> I'm kidding. All, All right. right. Brett. Yeah, so this week we're talking about Brettomyces. Um, Brett. Uh, that thing that winemakers don't want anywhere near their barrels. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna ju- I'm just going to throw this out there right away because I have definitely had this argument and it's a very it's a very short argument uh is Britannomyces a bacteria no no it is not it is a very very tiny yeast cell yes. that does that acts differently than sacs or visae or uvarum so yeah yeah it is a yeast that it is all right so uh here's what i'm excited about we get to dive into a little bit more history again mm-hmm. um Oh, God. Did you see that thing that Bjorn sent us about Carlsberg, son of Carl? No. <laughs> I feel like I should. Re- Carlsbergensis? No, hang on. Uh, Bjorn, you just you get so much airtime. He, <laughs> he really does. I, I don't think an episode goes by that we don't talk about Bjorn Bjornsson. Right. Uh, so he, he sent us this message the other day. He's like, hi, guys. You probably heard of a small and historically insignificant Danish brewery called Carlsberg. Nope. Never heard of it, bud. Carlsberg actually means Carl's Hill or something. <laughs> <laughs> Is that literally what he said? Or something? Yep. Carl being a man's name. <laughs> All right. I'll take it. <laughs> I feel enriched. <laughs> <laughs> I just love like the or something or something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so Brettomyces uh, was isolated in 1904 by ooh. You want to try this name? Hilti Clausen. Oh and God! My computer just decided to restart. Oh, what lovely. Well, I can uh, do yeah. things for you. You do that while I'm uh, going to get a new computer. So isolated in 1904 by Helti Clausen. Uh, and, you know, if you remember through our yeast uh, uh, episodes here, uh, 1879 was when um, Pasteur discovered that, yes, yeast did, in fact, ferment beer. Uh, so <clears throat> this was at the new Carlsberg Brewery in Denmark. Carlsberg uh, Brewery did a lot uh, for early yeast research. And in fact, uh, I believe they are the ones that isolated the lager strain as well. Yep. Uh, henceforth, why it used to be called Carlsbergensis. And now I believe it's referred to as Uvarum. Um, so uh, he did a lot, a lot for yeast research. He showed that the strong English stock beers underwent a slow secondary Brett from uh, Brett fermentation. So he showed that uh, um, stock ale is one of three related traditional British strong fruity ale styles. The others being old ale and barley wine. Mention of stock ale begins to appear in brewing books as uh, of the late 1700s. Um, and I believe stock ale is another one of those. That, and barley wine is one that kind of like they, they got an extended uh, period of aging. So the definitions of these categories, however, have never been really all that precise or technically or like either technically or historically. So more likely than not, stock ales uh, were generally strong because they were made only from the first high gravity runnings of a party guile brew. 
So uh, yeah, I think we've talked about Party Giles. I think before. we have. So if you um, if you take the first runnings. Uh, and then you run more water over, you take the second runnings, and you can run the water over again and take the third runnings, and each time the strength goes down because the starch that has turned into sugar, um, you get less less and less. So and basically you're doing one mash and getting mm-hmm, two mm-hmm. or two or three beers. Yep, two or three beers out of it. So what, the smallest one? Have you it, done any part of go? Uh, not, f- uh, not for a million years, but yes, okay. yes I absolutely uh, did that a couple of it times. It seems, like I don't I don't know if it's, it seems almost a little weight, or... I don't know if it's wasteful or just hard to control. I think it's more hard to control, and also I think back then they probably didn't have any way to um, to test the gravity on that. Mm-hmm. But the latter of the two uh, from the high gravity were probably fermented and sold more quickly. Yeah, probably like a table beer or uh, something. Right, table beer, and I'm guessing that's because these beers needed several months or even a year to ma- mature in their casks. Um, so they, this would uh, mellow the heavy and cloying flavors and made them a little bit more palatable. So over time, stock ales would actually oxidize in storage. Um, they'd take on lactic and musty notes from lactobacillus and, and Britannomyces organisms uh, that were in the casks. And I, I'm certain that we'll get to it, but uh, wood is a very good substrate for uh, you know yeast and bacteria to hide, which is why you know these barrel-aged sours work out so well because mm-hmm. they'll just hide in the barrels. Um, at one time, they're very sneaky. At one time, the the acidity in these beers, <clears throat> so long as the flavor didn't uh, become like vinegar-like, it was considered super desirable. Um, and this section I should note came uh, a lot of that came from beerandbrewing.com. Uh, so. Uh, Kjelti <clears throat> yeah. Clausen was able to duplicate the, the flavor with uh, pure Brett cultures in, instead of using these um, barrels. So uh, Britannomyces comes from the Greek word for British fungus. Yeah, that was something I learned uh, newly while I was doing this, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like I like, uh, got my vote for a band name. British fungus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, man, we're just really Britannomyces, you know? Like, uh, you know, you could play like more of an acid rock version of the Beatles. Just, you know, <laughs> a little bit dirtier, a little bit more fuzz. <laughs> All right. Um, so Brett can be a four-letter word in many breweries and wineries, um, but it's also now being being finally embraced by the larger brewing scene. Absolutely. For years and years, it was a lot of, well, especially wineries. Mm-hmm. Um like because they u- they use and reuse the oak barrels. Once Brett infects that, it's done. It's all over. You're you're never getting that wood back. Bye bye barrel. Um, but brewers have kind of embraced this. Like if you put an imperial stout in a in a barrel and that stout like some somehow Brett gets in there and it comes out sour. Yeah, you're you're out that you're out that stout. Um, unless you're unscrupulous and you're selling a accidentally soured beer, you assholes. Um, but uh, you still have that. You now have a soured barrel that you can that you can put stuff in and intentionally sour it. I don't like an unintentionally soured. Beer, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't be irresponsible. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, but what I love most about Brett. Is how we describe it. <laughs> yeah. So this is another one of those things of um, is, as soon as you get the language in your head, it's a lot easier to like a common language for this kind of stuff. It's a lot easier to describe what you are tasting other than holy shit, yuck. 
Yes. Uh, I mean, well, and unless, like, unless you're into that. Well, and like, um, sours are the are some of the most important beers that you need to follow, like the three sips. Um, like the first, like the first one is like whoa. The second one is your palate getting acclimated to it, and the third one mm-hmm. you can actually taste. Three sip rule, things. but let's be clear here that Brett beers that are all Brett are not sours. Yes. Well, you don't think they fall on? I suppose because they're not. There's no bacteria. Correct. It's, it's they're Brett fermented. Correct. All right. I will. I will. Yeah, I will concede that. Indeed. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about the Gordon thing later. Anyway. Oh, God, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Forgot we were talking about yeah, that. Yeah, so All flavor right. descriptors. Flavor, yes. Uh, so things like horse blanket, barnyard, sweaty horse, band-aid, <laughs> leather, wet wool, enteric, burnt beans, burnt, burnt plastic, <laughs> peppery, moosey. <laughs> mousey. Mousey? Oh, yeah, mousey. 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 Well, I don't know, because Moose, uh, yeah. Sweaty Horse eh, is another band. Sweaty Horse. <laughs> well, sweaty, sweaty Horse. Good afternoon. Horse. Good afternoon, Boise. Um, but yeah, no, so like these, like, and some of these, um, like burnt plastic is never no, a nice never, one. No. Um, <laughs> burnt plastic, I think, is, uh, you know, if you way under pitch, you're going to get that. Yeah, like if you stress your Brett. Yeah, that or that too, so... <laughs> But yeah, no, like yeah, burnt plastic, no bueno. Um, but like, as as weird as it sounds, horse blanket and barnyard are two extremely common like Brett, like that wet hay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why, but I love that flavor, and I shouldn't. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of um, you know fermented foods that, I mean, let's be honest, they smell like yeah, like sauerkraut, right? The taste awesome. Yeah, kimchi. Oh, yeah. So, anyway. It's more nasty. This is like a, this is a critical, critical component of Lambic and other sour ales. Yeah, so I think, uh, and uh, you might, you might think of this differently, and I want to know, but I always think of bretomyces and lactobacillus um, are like two ingredients to your, uh, to your sour, and they need to be in balance. Absolutely. Um, When one is way overtaking the other. Um, things they can still taste good, but if you have those two like in perfect balance, like where the bread is balancing out a lot of that lacto, right? Um, you're gonna have a fantastically really good sour, like it's gonna be delightful. I would tend to agree with you, uh, and that's why we blend uh, sour, <laughs> yeah, it's true. And you know, honestly, like the, the you, you've got a back blend, it, it's or or you've got a blend, um. Anything that sits in a barrel, blend it. Unless you only have one barrel. Yeah. <laughs> then you can't blend it. <laughs> then you can't blend it. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Um, so special traits of Bretomyces. It has it has quite a few. Um, so Bretomyces produces alcohol at a higher rate in aerobic fermentation. So yeah, usually we're fermenting in anaerobic. Yes. You, you don't want um, aerobic fermentation uh, yep. with regular yeast. But if you have extra oxygen in there and you throw some bread in there, you're going to get more booze. <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically it turns glucose into ethanol and acetic acid in the presence of O2. Um, and we talked about acetic acid before, too. Uh, acetic acid is a precursor to, oh, what, uh, it's, it's used, I'm trying to remember, is it phenols? 
I believe so. Is it phenols? Um, I'd have to look at the notes again. I've learned so many things and then forgotten them over the past week. <laughs> That's how it works. I believe I believe it's phenols. Uh, uh, yeah, combined with acetic acid. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but I could be wrong. Uh, listen to past me to get the real answers. <laughs> um, they can also consume wood sugars uh, present in oak barrels. That's amazing. I know, right? Yeah. Like I never like you never really think about wood containing sugars. They, yeah, and they absolutely do. Think yep. about uh, maple sap. Yep. So. Um, yeah. So the enzymes, uh, the enzyme uh, beta glucoside. Glucosidase uh, allows Brett to break down celobios. Uh, you want to say that? Celobios. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I've been I've been practicing a lot of Spanish, and so I was like, uh, "You said yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that like that fafil, like that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Celobios. Uh, <laughs> damn." All right. Um, so, like newly fired oak bar- barrels have a high co- have high concentrations of uh, celobios, and it's so basically, yeah, that's that's like the wood sugar. Um, and then uh, they will also prefer, uh, produce four key byproducts. We talk about the byproducts, please. Yes. Uh, so we're talking about volatile organic acids here. So, and by that, we this is the acetic acid that we're talking about. So ethyl acetate, um, and by that we mean sort of that solventy or like that fusilli sort of alcohol uh, aroma. Um, <clears throat> ester races. So esters, uh, tetrahydropyridines or pyridines depends on. How you want to pronounce it? Now these ones are responsible for the like the mousy flavors. And what do you think they really? What, I mean, like, what do you really mean here by like mousy? I, I, like, I, I kind of wish we had a Brett beer like here, so bar, barn, barn, like more, you know, like barn or mouse or just like that yeah, sort of I'm, like that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Know. Like, yeah, I would have to say like like old mouse nest or something. Like, <laughs> sure. Uh, and then your volatile phenols. So what do we know here? We got uh, esters. Are like you know your banana and your, your banana clove. B- well, no, clove is technically or, clove is phenol. Sorry, yep. but uh, your 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 fruity your fruitier flavors mm-hmm. um, are esters, mm-hmm. and your uh, spicier flavors yep, are, are phenols. phenols. So you've got you know your uh, your ester like four vinyl guaiacol is uh, banana, um, and then um, let's see here if we get into like the ethyl phenols. Or ethyl guaiacols. Uh, so we're talking as far as volatile phenols go. For ethyl phenol is like a band aid uh, type of scent, uh, and then your for ethyl guaiacol. Guaiacol. I don't Google it. Pronounce it however you'd like. That's more like a burnt wood. And then like for vinyl guaiacol. Like I said, that was a banana. Um, yep. And then also other other all the other crazy flavors that you know and and aromas that you get out of these is. Um, definitely a, a result of, of phenolics. All right. Uh, yeah, you also want to pitch low with Brett. A mm-hmm. um, little bit goes a long way. We haven't really talked about pitch rates yet, um, but uh, they recommend uh, 200,000 cells per milliliter. Yeah, and honestly, this this is a pretty deep dive into something that there's the jury's still out on some of this. And yep. so, frankly, when we when we're saying things like, oh, pitch, uh, you know, 200,000. Uh, shoot, I, I missed it here. I lost it here. 200,000 cells per milliliter. Uh, go to the homebrew store and 
get get yourself a vial of Brett. Yeah, <laughs> and pitch it. Like, uh, but <laughs> like I, but I have noticed like Brett will kind of just take over the show. Yeah. Um. What so I this like, is a finisher. This is yeah. A, so like when we were talking about multiple yeast strains. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally like if I'm if I know I'm gonna bread a beer, I like to ferment it as much as I can with the with the regular yeast first, yep. and then pitch the bread. And yeah, it's gonna dry it the fuck. Yeah, out. keep in mind, yeah, you're gonna have a really like super highly attenuated beer going on here because Brett will eat everything. Um, and um, don't don't try to bottle condition with it. <laughs> yeah, keg it if you can. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have some bombs, my son. Uh, so. You know, but I I do I do know or have heard that what Orval bottle conditions with or has a smidge of Brett in their house yeast, um, which is why when you pop the cap on an Orval, it flies it all boop. over the place. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, moving on. Yeah. Uh, so Brett also grows slow. Mm-hmm. So you know how we talk about um, like we're getting most of our flavors and stuff in the first seventy two hours with sack. Uh, we're looking at like up to five months with Brett. Yeah, when you're doing like a true barrel aged sour, we're talking or a Solera project. We're talking, we're talking years, years plural. So you know, be patient. Well, yeah, like I mean, you look at your most basic uh, goose, and that's a three two or you know, is it a one three five? I think it's 135. 135. Like so, that's one year, three years, and five years blended together. Um, like so, these are these are beers that are going to stick around a while, um, and then. Specific gravity can affect a flavor profile. So there's this man, J.L. Shimwell, uh, who found that a beer under 1050 would produce an unpalatable, turbid beer with insipid flavor and aroma, and at 1060 would develop a uh, vinous or wine-like quality. Um, So Brett can behave as a desirable organism in one beer and an undesirable one at one... uh, and at, at one and the same brewery, Shimwell, he said this in 1947. I find this a little suspect, but it's 1950s science. So <laughs> <laughs> everybody was like smoking in the lab. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> but no, I mean, it, I, it, might, it might have something to it. I've never, it, this would be something that I would have to try like on my own to know for sure. Yeah. And I think, I think part of what they mean is like what he, this isn't a super deep dive because we, we don't have, you know, a, 10 hours to talk about this, but like 1050 versus a 1060 or one beer that does something different than the other beer. I think what we're probably talking about here is like the diff- the different sugar chains mm-hmm. and not to get, again, not to get too deep, but yeah, I mean, you, your mash temp is going to dictate all kinds of different shit. Like, so, but bread will also chew up those longer chain sugars too, mm-hmm. and destroy any body that you had. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's part of the to the to the name of the game about mashing high is having like a super high bodied beer. So, you you know you this you don't take Brett and put it into any old beer. You really need to think about how this this beer is engineered. Um, but uh, like I always say, like this is the best part about homebrewing. Shit, man, do an experiment. Yep, take take a it. one gallon jug of wort and pitch all Brett. So. And then I, I will and then say bottle this. it and send it to us. So uh, <laughs> we're well. So we're 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 gonna get into uh, Brett contamination and yeah. cleaning real quick yeah. here. Um, so as as the homebrew level, uh, I am going to say one thing. And if you're doing Brett uh, in plastic, 
Once you pitch Brett in that plastic, that plastic is Brett plastic. Yeah, and if you're using like a plastic mash paddle or yep, plastic that anything, is, that is that is Brett mash plastic paddle. tubing. <laughs> yeah, I would honestly, I know where you're going with this, and I think what you're going to say is that like you have a second set of equipment. So the best way to do this is to rotate your old equipment out mm-hmm. and and buy yourself some some. Yep, or new use shit. glass. Or just use glass too. Oh, glass or stainless, um, and have good cleaning procedures. Cleaning, sanitizing, and sterilizing are three different things. Yes. You, you can't sterilize something that hasn't been cleaned. So, there's that. All right. So, um, Brett spe- spreads easily in a brewery. Um, airborne dust, it'll it'll hang out on that. Mm-hmm. Wood, it'll hang out on. Loves that. wood. Fruit flies, it'll hang out with them. Fruit flies carry all kinds of wacky shit on yep. them. Uh, transfer lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and any other equipment. Transfer lines can be porous, and we need to remember that if you're, you know, um, shit starts to grow in beer lines after 11 days, which is why they recommend having your beer lines cleaned every 14. Um, if you can clean them every 11, that's great. But um, 14 is just two weeks, you know, it's easier. Right, yeah, the, guy, the guy comes every other, you know, Thursday or whatever. Yeah. Clean our beer lines. So. Um, so Brett forms a biofilm, which requires thorough uh, cleaning. I had to look this up. A biofilm comprises any... Uh, Syntrophic consortium of microorganisms <laughs> in which cells stick to each other and often also to a surface. So basically, um, they get together and they form like a picket line <laughs> against, against your shit. Like, <laughs> man, syntrophic consortium. That that sounds that sounds like a like an art rap group. We were really hitting the nail on the head with the band names in this episode. Man, that's right. crazy. Bretomyces knows where it's at. <laughs> uh, yeah, so proper cleaning and sanitation procedures are absolutely key once you introduce Brett into your brewery, which is why so many people are so afraid of it. Because if you have a weak link in the chain anywhere, then your beer's contaminated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so Brett strains. Um, only three are primarily used for brewing, so those are the only three that we're going to talk about. Um, so we have B, uh, Bruxellanus. Uh, which is great for secondary uh, fermentation used by Orval to produce secondary flavors. Ah, there it is. <laughs> yep. Uh, B, Lambicus, uh, most often found in Lambic and Lambic style ales, as well as Flanders, Reds, and Brown. Uh, and then B, Anomalous, not as well known because it's anomalous. Well, Anomalous is the one that... Um that includes Bretzy or Klausany. Oh, does it? Okay. I say Klausany because I think that two I's at the end is E. I don't know. I don't. That's that's what I've always heard. But I, I anyway. don't know Latin. <laughs> I, I know I know a guy who's fluent in Latin and has written books in Latin. What a dumb thing to be fluent in. He's a classics professor. Okay. Doctor Tom. What a slightly less dumb thing to be fluent in. <laughs> I'm going to tell him you said that. Yeah, you're welcome to. <laughs> He'll probably say something in Latin, and I won't care. Probably, and it'll probably be, like, super insulting. And it'll probably be two words, and it mean a whole paragraph. And, it would and I'll be like, oh, hey, say something not in a dead language. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for God's sake. That's mean. I shouldn't say that. Whatever. Things. Anyway, Anomalous is not as well known, and and Klausany is a part of that group, um, but it, these ones are more subtle, um, and you can get a little bit more, uh, like, fruitiness with that type of All right. uh, strain. So, yeah. All right. Uh, do you think we missed anything with Brett? I think we did a oh, pretty deep dive on this. I don't know, man. As usual, if we missed anything, you want to hear anything, or if we got anything wrong... Uh, we misspoke. Uh, let us know. Uh, we're not perfect. 
We are not, but we try to be. Indeed. That's why we don't speak Latin. (laughs) (laughs) Cayate. That means shut up in Spanish. (laughs) Not Latin. (laughs) Shut us up us. Igpe Atenla, yeah? Uh, Sure. Uh, (laughs) All right. Um, So we do have some listener mail. Uh, This is the worst listener mail that I think that we've ever gotten. Oh, no. What do we do? Well, uh... Oh, is this Gordon? Yep. (laughs) All right, then I don't feel so bad. (laughs) Uh, In my mind, when we're... Okay, you you guys got to understand, listeners, that like when we're on the air... It's it's still nerve wracking. Yeah, it's a couple nerds sitting in a basement next to a cornfield in rural Wisconsin, whatever. But it's still nerve wracking because you're on the air, you, you know, dead air, this and that. That said, so what, Gordon? Gordon, we were chiding him because he he filled all of my he filled it with cold water, and I'd use so much more propane to get it to a boil. Yeah, so and I uh, use hot water. We were like, "Why don't you just use hot water? You'd save yourself some time on the boil." Well, he, well, so and then his excuse was, "Well, my mom always said that cold water boiled faster." To which I think we laughed our asses off. We did because on that the is air, not even off kind the of air. True. That day, the next day. All the days. All the days. <laughs> and then this happened. We got a uh, we got an email from our our uh, our listener, uh, Koi. Koi, Mr. Pilcher? Koi Pilcher, yes, yep. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, he said, listening to the new podcast this week, heard uh, the part about Gordon using cold tap water. I was under the impression that you shouldn't consume much hot tap water. That's why I start uh, with cold tap water myself. Something to do with the buildup in hot water tanks. Any truth behind this? Or did I hear something wrong? Dude, that sparked something in my brain, and I responded. You sure did. Do you want me to just uh, read your response? Well, I'll just say that... Yeah, go ahead and read it quick. Okay. (sighs) There is absolutely buildup in HLTs, uh, but that's only if you have it sitting in the tank for long periods of time and constantly at 180 degrees Fahrenheit and keep refilling it. If it's just on tap on brew day, you'd be fine in that respect. We have to drain the 40-barrel uh, tank and CIP clean in place. Um, the hard, crusty buildup from hot water sitting in a tank. Usually in these tanks, there's a recirculating pump to spin the water so there's less contact time on the tank. Additionally, the tank is steam-jacketed, and the constant spinning helps uh, helps to heat it more quickly and efficiently. So from a pro-brewing standpoint, yes, you need to worry about buildup. And yes. Right. So in the in sum, yes, if it's hot water sitting in a tank, you're going to have shit precipitating out of there, stick into yes. the tank. So if blah, you blah. have a hot water heater where water sits in the tank, Gordon. So how did you you put this the best way, though? So Gordon was Gordon fucked up in the right direction. Yes. Which makes us feel better because slightly. Gordon's an <laughs> what's what's my what's my motto? Gordon's an oaf, but he's R O. But he's R O. <laughs> Love you there. Love you, Gordon. It's one of my one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite. Sometimes people. I forget that he listens to this. I know, right? And I know now he's laughing his ass off at how ashamed I am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shit. Uh, but yeah, so. You do need to worry about the calcium buildup in your tank. I don't know. 
I, but I don't know how much. Um, I need, what I need to do is I need to get one of those uh, those testers that you guys yeah, have. Water tests. Yeah, they're they're not too expensive, mm-hmm. and I should just do that, and then I can test it over a period of a couple of months and see. Yeah, honestly, that little <clears throat> when we started out, that little water testing kit. I don't. I don't it was think, like I, I think I looked think it, it up. was more than a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, I think it was like two hundred bucks. I mean, if you, if and if, then like the refill in, kits are only like fifty or something that gets you a bunch of yeah. tests. Yeah, I think our our gal, our lab technician Katie, she tests the water pretty frequently. But I think the one that we look at hardest is the monthly, um, and we check several different sources and then she'll run it against what just comes out of like the faucet. Mm -hmm. So we, we've got, um, post-treatment hot liquor tank and, um, regular ass faucet all, they all get tested, um, by her. Um, I'm not sure what her, what ratios. I just know that if something's wrong, she lets us know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm too busy counting my money. (laughs) <laughs> busy counting money. I've I've seen his uh his money bin. Uh, it's not quite Scrooge McDuck levels yet, but it's getting there. <laughs> right now, it's more like a little wading pool. Just, Can't quite dive. There's no money in brewing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, there really isn't. Anyway, uh, all right. Um, yeah. So, Koi, thank you for sending yeah, sending that in. I. That's not the first time we've heard from Koi, I believe. Uh, it is not. No, no. We've yeah. heard. We've well, heard some other things. Well, I from remember too. So, um, uh, he he gave us the. Uh, the liquid uh, cacao thing when we were trying to think of that. Yes. Uh, oh, he also asked a question on uh, protein rests on a Hefeweizen. And oh, I believe yes. your answer was hell yes. Yes, absolutely. Definitely. Uh, I mean, Ferulic rest to make the clove pop. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, malt is modified differently than it used to be, but yeah, totally. I would absolutely do that. All right. Well, um, I don't have any other listener mail right now. Uh, so should we get out of here? Sure. Oh, sorry. Quicker than oh, he had to turn to do his other computer. Yeah, I got too many things. And how many computers do you have? Like nine? Uh, within arm's reach right now. Three, five, five. (laughs) (laughs) I have one, two if you count my phone. (laughs) Oh, for counting that six. All right. (laughs) I think I have a backup phone in the drawer too. What? Yeah, I think if you got that many devices, I should get the bell. <laughs> uh, plug this in. Where's my sound? Oh, oh yeah, the unmute that shit. That would help. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindersstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindersstudios or follow us on Twitter at blindersquareninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace off.